Good afternoon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm Susie Larson, and this is Live the Promise. And we are here to help you engage in a strong and active walk of faith. So glad you tuned in, and a very happy Wednesday to you. Well, you may know this if you listen often enough, but every year we partner with a ministry called Bridging the Gap, and we host a single mom's retreat. We love this ministry. We love to partner with them, and we love what they do for single moms. But interesting enough, this past year when we uh, partnered with them and pitched the single mom's retreat, we received several emails from men who are single dads, men who didn't leave the marriage. They weren't unfaithful. They would have given anything to save the marriage, but their wives were the ones who walked away, and they felt kind of disenfranchised. They felt like by us calling single moms heroes, making a broad assumption um, that they're feeling left out and feeling unspoken for. And uh, it's really true when you think about it. So many assumptions we make at times about single dads, right? I mean, at least subconsciously, we maybe uh, we assume that all too often that it is the husband's fault. In fact, I looked up a book from a long time ago, and it was something called The Walkout Woman, I think. And I I just saw reviews on Amazon, so I'm just in full disclosure. I didn't read it or anything, but reading the reviews and reading what the book was about was the woman who walked out because she'd had it with the man. And so I was searching for things about what happens when, when women walk away from a really otherwise viable marriage and a basically good guy, something that you could actually work out. I mean... That is happening in unprecedented uh, measures right now. Women are walking away from marriages that could otherwise survive. And so I've just not been able to get the plight of the single dad out of my heart and mind, and nor should I really. So I wanted to tackle this thing I decided on a couple of fronts. Uh, My guest today is Ron Deal from Family Life. He's director of Family Life Blended. He'll join us to share how we can support single dads, what life is like for the single dad. And then sometime in the near future, I'll have Emerson Egricks back on the show to talk about the dynamic of the walkout woman and the men they leave behind. So at that point, you'll hear a portion of some interviews I did with with a couple of men who had some interesting things to say on the subject who've been on that receiving end. And I know it's an uncomfortable topic, but I believe it's one we need to cover. So before we get Ron on the show, a couple quick announcements. If you've not downloaded our Faith Radio app, I would love for you to check it out because it's free. It's amazing. We've got thousands and thousands of people from around the world live streaming our shows because of this wonderful little tool. You can find it in the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Also, Faith Radio is just growing by leaps and bounds, and we're so grateful. Thankful to the Lord. Thankful to you for your support. So I just want to give a shout out if you're maybe new to the Faith Radio family, listening in on one of our new signals, 94.1 FM in Hartford, 93.1 FM in Waterloo, 104.7 FM in Madison, or one of our two FM signals in the Twin Cities, 90.7 or 97.5 um, FM, and also always streaming online. So if you're new to the family, we welcome you, and we're grateful to be doing this journey with you. So let me tell you about my guest. We'll get him on the show. Ron Deal's a licensed marriage and family therapist, licensed professional counselor who frequently appears in the national media. He's a popular conference speaker, and his video series, The Smart Step Family DVD, is used in communities, churches, and homes throughout the world. He's a member of the Step Family Expert Council for the National Step Family Resource Center. He and his wife, Nan, and their sons live in Arkansas, and we're honored to have him back on the show. Ron, it's been way too long. Thanks for coming back and joining us today. Well, thanks, Susie, for having me. It's good to be back with you. Looking forward to this conversation. And before we get to it, though, we love to start every conversation talking Scripture, Ron. And just as a man who loves the Lord and loves His Word, is there any verse you've been camping in lately that you can share with us or even or a life verse you like to share? Well, um, because I'm a parent, I'll read you Proverbs 3, verse 5. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will make your paths straight. You know, there's so many, uh, every aspect of life 
is uncontrollable to us. We want to control it. We sure try hard. I sure try hard. But at the end of the day, I know it is not in my hands. It is in God's hands. And I have to trust him with the stuff that I don't get to control. Mm, Amen. And we can trust him. He's trustworthy, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, And that's such an amazing thought, that right there. I mean, what if he wasn't trustworthy? Where would that leave us? Yeah. Right? In chaos, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But he is. He's proven that over and over and over again. And even when, and I want to be very clear about this because I've experienced some tragedy in my life. And so I'm always, I never want to be heard as implying that just because we trust him, things are going to go the way we want them to, right? That even when life doesn't go the way we want it to, even when there is sadness and sorrow and pain, he is there. He's not forgotten us. He's right there beside us, agonizing in some cases along with us, crying along with us in other cases as he did in John 11. Um, and, but but not forgotten. We are not alone. And that, uh, to, to know that we can rest in whatever he's doing, whatever his sovereign will is, is helpful. It doesn't take away my pain, but it sure does help my pain. Mm. And that's where we trust. Amen. And again, so grateful that he's so faithful. So, Ron, you heard my opening monologue. I would love for you just to speak to just what I said. Any thoughts that you have on the matter? Well, um, actually, I didn't get to hear it. We had a glitch on the phone. Oh. Um, but we we had talked a little bit ahead of time, so I, I think I know a little bit about uh, what you were referring to. It, it's interesting. I know you have talked with some single dads. I had I just happened to have a meeting. I work here at Family Life, the ministry of family life based here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I had a meeting earlier today with a colleague who is a single dad. And, you know, I, in preparation for the show, I picked his brain a little bit and I asked him, so, you know, what is it that you want people to know about single dads? And it was interesting to me. The first thing out of his mouth is, is what you were talking about earlier. He said, well, you know, if it's subject of single parenting comes up, single dads, disappear from the conversation. Mm-hmm. We just assume we're talking about a single mom. And he said, you know, we don't really like that because we get overlooked. We feel invisible. I, I, just take that in for a second. That's, that's really heavy. That's hard. You know, being a single parent is, has some challenges for, for sure. If you felt invisible, then to the people who could come beside you or support you or encourage you, but you feel unseen, boy, you just, you feel like you're all alone. And that's discouraging for sure. Yeah. Some of the guys that I'd had conversations with back and forth, just because I thought, tell me more. I mean, one of them was, I didn't end up having a conversation with him, but it was all caps and exclamation points. And he was so hurt that he was yelling and I could see the hurt behind that because he felt like it was such a, there was such a disconnect between single moms being called heroes and, and, how many dads didn't want this? They didn't sign up for it. They would have fought tooth and nail to save the marriage. And, and, but the guys I did get to talk with said, not only do they feel invisible, but there's this assumption and the way that they're treated when they show up at their kid's school, when they show up at these different things, uh, that they're the one who destroyed the marriage. He's they, like several of them said this separately from each other. Like it's just assumed that I was the jerk, I was the one. Now, they admitted everybody had, plays a part if a marriage fails. But do you know what I'm saying? That if there's this kind of assumption constantly that the woman is always the victim and the, and the man is always the bad guy, that's a wrong assumption. 
that's the second thing my colleague said to wow. me today, the exact same thing, that we are assumed we're not good parents and that mm. mothers are good parents, that we were the bad guy or somehow responsible for the breakup, uh, always fighting the deadbeat dad stereotype, he said. And wow, I mean, you know, that's really unfortunate. I, I, I always want to remind people for every single mother, there's a dad. You know, he, he mm-hmm. may be married now, she may be married now, but there's a dad out there somewhere. Whether he's involved, engaged, you know, those are, there's a lot of questions, but you can't have the conversation about one and, and not automatically, or we should anyway, think about the other. And from a ministry standpoint, you know, I spent 20 years working with local churches doing marriage and family ministry education, um, now working with Family Life. We work all over the world in, in helping churches minister to couples and families, and we've got to have that in our conversation. If the dialogue around the, the elder table is, you know, we need to do something for the single moms in our church. We need to have a day where we bring mechanics up to the building and we work on cars for nothing. And, well, wait a minute. You know, what's the conversation about single dads? It just can't be a one-sided dialogue. We need to remember that. Mm, very good. Anything else your friend Sadie that surprised you or just was thought-provoking? Um, well, related to what I just said, he made a comment about uh, feeling like a less-than family when it comes to churches and church leaders. You know, where where do you go at church if you're a single dad, to find other people who are in support of what you're doing. It's much more likely that there's a men's ministry. If, if anything, there's a men's ministry. But when you go there, you probably don't have a lot of content. Don't spend a lot of time talking about being a single dad. It's more about, you know, man on the job, fatherhood. So that's a related subject or leadership and some of those types of things, loving your wife, whatever the case is. But it's really not a place specifically for single dads. So where do they go? Um, that assumption that they're less than families, and then when you get marginalized in church life, well, you don't feel supported. So, you know, you end up not going. It's kind of what that takes them to. It just discourages their involvement in a local community of faith, which is we all need to be a part of a community of faith. So there's no easy answers here. It's just that when we think about families today, I'll leave it with this. When we think about family and marriage and family ministry today, we have to think about a lot of different kinds of families. We can't just think about a two-parent biological home. We have to think about single parents, that's single moms and single dads. We have to think about blended families. The work that I do a lot of is with step families. We have to be thinking on many levels, not just making assumptions about one kind of family. Hmm. Talking to Ron Deal today of Family Life, and we're talking specifically about uh, single dads. In fact, let's open the phone lines up. And if you are a single dad, you can call anonymously if you like. But I want to know what's life like for you. What are some uh, struggles that you have? And um, wh- how can the church help you? What would just surprise you and bless you and help you? Phone lines are open, 877-933-2484, 877-933-2484. You can also email me and fill me in that way, Susie at MyFaithRadio.com Susie at MyFaithRadio.com He started something good
Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Susie Larson. This is Live the Promise. Honored to have our friend Ron Deal from Family Life join us as we talk about single dads. This is a topic that really struck me as I'd heard in the last uh, several months from some single dad listeners who felt like single moms are so celebrated and single dads are so marginalized. And it's often assumed that the marriage failed because of the dad because of the guy and uh, that they get blamed they're not there to be they're not supported and they're sort of sidelined and uh, really just has gotten in my heart in a way that I thought we've got to talk about this and so so glad to have Ron Deal join us today Ron you came armed with some stats about family life Um, here's one 20% of custodial mothers see no need for the kids to continue a relationship with their fathers and then you add passive men don't help this stat so say more on that one if you would yeah, well, you know, stop and think about that. If 20% of couples, married couples, mom and dad, what what if 20% of those moms said to their husbands, you have no need here? You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to parenting, I'll handle everything in the home. You don't have a say. That would be crazy. I mean, we we just kind of look at that and go, wow, how dysfunctional would that be? Well, they live in different homes, but that's the same attitude that she has about his role in the home. He's unnecessary. Men are necessary Mm. (laughs) to the emotional, spiritual, psychological, uh, physical development of their children. They're absolutely necessary. They're part of the equation, Um, make their own unique contributions that mothers, you know, don't do as well as fathers do. We need a team here. That's the way God designed it. To have that attitude just doesn't even make any sense. Now, when I, my comment about passive men don't help, when men take on that passive role and kind of relegate parenting to mom, and and, I, and as you know, societal wide uh, viewpoint, that is something that men have done in the past. I think one of the things I'm encouraged about millennial uh, dads is they're far more engaged than previous generations in terms of young uh, fathers being engaged with their kids. So that's a positive thing. But when the dad says, yeah, you know, right, you know, parenting's mom's job. Well, that just makes it really easy for a mom to discount him and for culture to discount him and for him to see himself as irrelevant. And that that doesn't help. Mm. You know, remember, Shanti Feldhan's been on a bunch of times, and you know of this study that she's referenced as well, but that after much research, she discovered that men, if they had to choose between feeling loved and feeling competent, they would choose to feel competent. And it's so much, so much of how God has wired them. So if they, at the get-go, feel like they're not going to be successful or they're made to feel unsuccessful, you can see how many would abdicate. Not that it's right, but they would pull back going, if I'm going to fail, I'm not even going to try. Now, you mix that with one of the conversations I had with one gentleman who is married, but he had some thoughts on single dads and just this whole idea. And, we, and I'll talk about this when Emerson comes on as well, but I just love your thoughts on this, Ron. But he said, you know, look at just the, this, the, the disconnect between Mother's Day and Father's Day in church. Mother's Day, she gets a flower. She gets yeah. praised. He said, Father's Day, he said, I got dressed down in front of my wife as far as men, men, men. You know, he get beat up by, by the pastor. And, and now, true, there's been a fatherlessness. And there has been a disengagement mm-hmm. in years past. Men do need to step up. But if you think if they're made to continually feel like incompetent idiots and like you know so the day that we're supposed to celebrate them they're getting pounded on and then you add the single dad factor to that i mean how are they ever going to feel competent if if it feels like nobody's cheering them on you know what i mean that's exactly right inadequacy i think for men is our achilles heel uh which is one reason why emerson's message about respect is so important uh because 
that's the opposite of feeling inadequate. It's I feel like um, I feel acknowledged for what I do. Um, if I feel inadequate and I feel like I'm failing the people I care about, I'm failing as a performer on the job, as a husband, as a father, what, whatever it might be, then I don't want to do it. And, and the, the, the natural go-to for a lot of men, not all men, but a lot of men, is to withdraw at that point. We kind of shut down. We distance emotionally. We, we step away, if you will. We get small. Um, but my message today to single dads as well as married dads is, man, you are so important in the life of your mm-hmm. of your child. We need to be large. We need to be big. We need to be uh, uh, present in their life. And here's another good tip, you know, in this conversation, Susie, is presence is half the battle. I mean, just yeah. showing up is so important for men. Once we get there, we can figure out how to engage or what the conversation or how we're going to sit down and play with a child or whatever it is. But if you're not even there... Uh, you have no opportunity for influence, you know? So just trust that being there, showing up, being a consistent presence gives you then opportunities to actually make an impact. And boy, your kids know if you're there or if you're not there. It's not They're not even looking perfection, for perfection. They really want presence, don't they? Yeah, and that's part of this equation about, you know, single dads being involved. And sometimes when we get passive and withdraw, it's because we didn't have a dad. And we don't know what it's like to have that person engage with us. And so it it just adds to the passivity of men to say, well, I'm unimportant. There's nothing further from the truth. Mm. You're very important to the life of your child. And what if, you know, from a church standpoint, if you think about if we could change the tone, not only for single dads, but for dads across the board. So Father's Day would be a time to make you feel competent, not incompetent, not to dress you down and and pound you, you know what I mean? But to say, you guys are going to work day in and day out. You're coming home. You're smiling. You're kissing your wife on the forehead when she's cranky. Those things are downright heroic. And somebody's got to be celebrating these guys, you know? I had a huge bias. When I was on staff as a family minister at a very large church for over a decade, we took Father's Day as an opportunity to celebrate dads and men. And so every year what we did was have people nominate uh, men, husbands, fathers as, you know, a Father of the Year award, right? Mm -hmm. And we coincided that with the National Center for Fathering, and they sent them a plaque, and we put their name on the website. but, But we took the day to read stories about the testimonials, if you will, of people who said, you know, here's why my dad or my husband should be considered for this. And we celebrated those guys in front of the whole church. Why? Because we're communicating to every man in there, even the 14 and 15 year old boys, what it, what manhood looks like and what it is to be a leader and a shepherd in a home. Hmm. Well, when you think about like this next stat, uh, we've probably got about three minutes to our next break here, but 40% of children of divorce have not seen their father in a year. I wonder if that goes to the self-preservation of passivity, just to kind of feel like I can't get near them or I'm not, I'm going to fail before I start. Um, speak to that one, if you would. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things wrapped up into that. You know, there's uh, the 20% of custodial moms who see no need for kids to be around the dad. There's mm. that piece. There's the passivity piece. There's also the legal matter. When the courts have been clearly biased over the you know last hundred years about uh, mothers and children and custody went to moms and dads were often kind of legally marginalized from the life of their child, that has changed, thankfully, in the last 20, 25 years. Considerably, we see more and more men who have full custody even, not just partial, but full custody of their children. 
And, uh, you know, I think that's a good trend that men have joint custody with their wives. It keeps them engaged. But sometimes there are legal issues that just keep them separated. I will say that there's some cultural issues as well. There are some, there are some family systems that uh, want to keep the power with the mother. And, there's a, you know, we can explain and talk about and explore why that is. But the bottom line is uh, grandma and mom and the women of the family are organized around motherhood being central to the life of the children, but not fatherhood. And so there's a cultural dimension that enters into that uh, statistic. The bottom line there is <laughs> we're not doing kids any favors when we're making it difficult for them to be with their dads. Boy, we're not doing kids any favors when we make it difficult for them to be with their dad. And we've got about a minute and a half here, Ron, but I've spoken about this numerous times on the show. But even the culture is set up to d- dismiss men. I mean, you look at our sitcoms. It's they're gorgeous women with idiotic husbands who are the That's kind right. of the goofs, you know, and everybody laughs at their expense. I mean, I'm telling you, that has grieved my heart for years because we're cutting ourselves off, all of us, because nothing more powerful than a godly, humble man who's who dares to be a strong leader, but we're making it almost impossible for guys to do that. We are. And again, that feeds that sense of inadequacy. It feeds into the passivity of men. We kind of go, well, hey, you know, if I'm going to blow it anyway, I'll just not try, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that is defeating to uh, him and ultimately to the child. But you're absolutely right. Our culture prizes itself on standing up for the underdog. And uh, there was a time in our culture where men, fathers, had a lot of power in families. And so we kind of set about standing up for the underdog of women. And then we've taken it to the nth degree of just pushing men to the sideline. And it's not helping. It's not useful. Uh, There's a partnership to be found between moms and dads, whether they live together or they don't. Uh, They still have to find ways of harmonizing their parenting on behalf of their kids. Yeah. And, you know, the truth of the matter is uh, there are guys who may abandon their family and be total jerks, but there's a lot, a lot of guys who are good men who want so much to make this thing work. Um, And, wow, Lord, help us to help them. I'm talking to Ron Deal of Family Life today, talking about uh, single dads. Love for you to chime in the conversation if you'd like. 877-93-FAITH. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Susie Larson. This is Live the Promise, talking to our friend Ron Deal of Family Life, talking about the plight of single dads and just some of the assumptions we make about single dads that aren't exactly uh, accurate, aren't at all accurate, ways that we as the body of Christ can come alongside single dads, just what their needs are, some of the frustrations and struggles that they have. Uh, Ron, I just received an email from a listener. She said, Susie, I would like to share my perspective as a woman who walked out from her marriage and left my husband with our infant son to care for. And my experience was that when I returned to the Lord and began attending church at the encouragement of my then ex-husband, it became very difficult for him to date Christian women within the congregation or to even be considered as an eligible Christian man because I was part of the congregation. So while we were working together as parents, 
for the best spiritual health of our son, it ended up being an obstacle for him and moving on into new relationship. So I think it's important for fellow Christians to understand that just because two people have ended their marriage but have chosen to parent together in the same body of Christ doesn't always mean that they will reconcile and it shouldn't exclude those parents from moving toward uh, into new healthy relationships within the body of Christ. What do you say to that, Ron? Wow. Well, first of all, what a unique situation and and bless them for working so hard to co-parent well, Mm. even within the same body. That's pretty rare. It is wonderful when that type of thing happens. Um, So I applaud that. But I can also see how that's a bit of a barrier to new relationships for each of them, uh, just as others kind of look on and see the presence of that other parent in the picture. Um, I'm not sure there's a way to orchestrate that from a a ministry, you know, systematic standpoint. That's a unique situation where, um, you may just have to communicate to people, hey, look, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, if we're dating, uh, it it it's again, it's just such a rare situation when you find that level of cooperation and consideration for each other. Um, you know that that's an amazing thing when that happens. That's one of the things we try to help people with all the time. And and let me just add this: it is really helpful for both the single mom and the single dad. When there's a high level of cooperation between the two of them, it empowers each of them as individual parents. You know, it gives him confidence to act as a parent figure, as a disciplinarian, as somebody who needs to say no to the kids and set boundaries. If he also has this awareness that if you were at mom's house, mom would be doing the same thing because she and I have talked and we kind of come together around this. That creates an environment where children cannot divide and conquer their parents, they can't play one house off of the other house. Uh, that level of you know cooperation is really healthy. And what I would imagine creates far more security than than not. I mean, you think about when kids have the power to con- divide and conquer, how insecure truly that must make them feel. It, insecure is a good word, and they also learn to manipulate. They learn they learn to lie. They learn to deceive, uh, and they lose respect for both parents. I mean, if I know I can play you just by calling mom or I can play mom just by calling you, then you lose respect for those authorities in your life. And authority to our parents is the first place that children learn what it is to be submissive to their God. So uh, it's important that we keep that authority line where it needs to be. Well, if you could dream a little bit, Ron, is it the, if for those who just hopped in the car and just tuned in, at the beginning of the show we were talking about just things that single dads have said where they have felt marginalized, uh, kind of invisible in the church, and it's assumed that oftentimes if the marriage failed, it's because of them, and and they're just, you know, truly we do things for single moms, not so often with single dads. If you could dream a little bit to see the church, capital C, come around single dads, what would you envision that looking like? Well, let's talk about it on a corporate level and then also just on the individual level. Um, On the individual level, (laughs) this may sound kind of funny, but I actually think it would be very powerful because I've seen it in action in certain uh, church contexts. It's quit worrying about people's life story. You know, uh, honestly, when we kind of sit around and go, oh, look, well, there's a single dad. I wonder what's going on with him. I don't know, you know, he's, I wonder if his kids are doing okay. And we sit back and we do the chit-chat chatter about people as if 
We can't go up to them and befriend them and get to know them as if because they're a single parent, their life is going to be radically different than our life and we would never be friends. What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, we put too much emphasis on the differences in family structures rather than looking past those to say, this is a person. This is a man. He, he, he has needs just like all men do. He happens to be a parent just like a lot of other parents. He's more like you then less likely you just go up and be his friend. You know, uh, let's get past the externals and get around to just being friends and companions and, and, and love one another. That's, I think on the individual level, on a corporate level, uh, when churches pause and say, we're going to program the calendar for the church, but let's be mindful of what it does to our single parents. Let's give some thought to what it does to be a blended family. When I, worked for a church. Um, the last full-time ministry I was in, we would go off on our staff retreat once a year and spend four days, you know, planning the church budget, the church calendar, what were goals, on and on and on. And we would throw it all up on the wall, and then we would pull back from it and say, okay, if, if we got a single parent in our in our church, what are we doing to their schedule? By having them come to this and go to that, mm. spend money on this. That's the kind of thing corporately that churches, if they start doing that, you'll realize, oh, wow, okay, a lot of the kids in our church, here's a great example, are at Sunday school every other week. They're not there every week. But our curriculum is one, two, three, four, five. Five builds on four, build on three, built on two. So every other week the kids are lost. But we expect them to show up and have the memory verse and be a part, and they don't feel like they're a part because they've missed something. Maybe we need a different curriculum. Maybe we need to think about organizing not around the assumption that they'll be there every week, but the assumption that they won't be there nearly as often as we wish they were there. That sort of thinking opens up the avenues for churches to all of a sudden make single parent families feel welcome, feel like they can be a part rather than being some sort of third wheel that that doesn't belong. Mm. Boy, that's fantastic. And as I was thinking of the single moms retreat, really that was born out of just a need where single moms said, well, what about us? And a wonderful godly friend of mine who's a major mover shaker just thought, let's do this. And uh, I think the first year she had 300 and I think it's up to five or 700 now. It, she's got, you know, uh, auto mechanics lined up in the parking lot and these women get their cars fixed and she they go to a boutique and they get a free outfit and she's just gone all the way. And it's absolutely amazing. I'm thinking, what would be the equivalent for men? I mean, you know, where sponsors would help sponsors so they could maybe come with their kids and the kids could do their thing and the guys could get together and have some time with other men and Wow, I mean, it would take some work, but I think it would be profoundly encouraging for other and other dads to meet these guys who are in it together. You know? Yeah, and it would probably take on a little different complexion than, than yeah. the mom. No retreat, diva boutique, right? pro- <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> no makeup and painting of the toes, but they're probably you know if you get those guys out and take them on an adventure. Yeah, and they'll they'll climb a mountain together, they'll go fishing together, they'll do something, and they will bond. And that will last well beyond the event. Um, And by the way, that demonstrates for them what presence is and the kinds of things they can do in the lives of their children. I mean, one of the things I would say to a single dad is, you know, look, you got your kids for two and a half days on the weekend. You know, if that, when school hits, they've got other things on their mind. They got a basketball game on Friday night they got to get to. So really, you have Saturday and half of Sunday 
you know, how do you make the most out of your time? Well, get out of the house, you know, go and do something together. Put the cell phones down, no computers, just go hang with your kid and do something. That sort of ad- adventure makes the most of a short period of time. It brings the dad into close proximity with the child. They talk while they act and it, it, it helps. It's not the, that's not everything that a single dad needs to do, but that is one strategy that helps him make the most of his time. Well, that's fantastic. What are some other, uh, when you look at some of the success stories of, of families you've lived with or worked with, um, spe- specifically thinking of, of, of single dads, but single moms too, as far as what, what are some healthy um, places, a new normal that they've found? I mean, because it's still when they're trying to do this on their own, a single parent, I mean, it's pretty significant. But what what are some healthy, um, I can't think of the word I'm lo- looking for, but just kind of a picture of, of health for you is making the best of what they have. Yeah. Well, technology these days is just a huge asset for, for single parents, I think, and make the most of it. Uh, you know, you can stay in touch with a child in very significant ways now that you just couldn't. I'll give you an illustration. <laughs> Using an app, uh, two nights ago, my oldest son now lives on his own in Austin, Texas. My youngest son is now in college as a freshman. My wife and I were in two different places. And so all four of us using an app were able to see each other on our mobile phones and have a conversation, like mm-hmm. a FaceTime with four people. Awesome. That was amazing, right? I mean, we don't have to be in the same room anymore to be able to see each other, interact, dialogue. We had an hour-long conversation just catching up on life. Well, single parents take advantage of that. You know, the texting throughout the day helps you stay connected and have a sense of what's going on with your child. FaceTime applications that allow you to see one another. Um, You know, those things absolutely make an effort to put those into play. Now, you know, there's nuances around that. Who's paying for the mobile phone? Who gets to own the time? You don't want to interrupt the time necessarily when the kids are in the other home. So so work with the other parent to find a time. Hey, can I check in with the kids before they go to bed at night? Yeah, that'll be appropriate. You know, work those kind of logistics out, but take advantage of that sort of technology. You really don't have any excuses anymore for being for not being engaged with your child. It's true. So for the person, for the guy who's feeling like I'm made to feel incompetent. I guess I do struggle with passivity. I don't want to fail. That's where you want to say, deal with those things and get present because there's opportunities for you to be present. I mean, there are certain situations where maybe the, the wife has villainized the kids against the dad, and that's a whole other thing. And I would say, and you know, you're the expert, but I would say to start with fast and pray. I would fast and pray and ask God to break that wall down. But what else would you say in that situation? Yeah, um, and that is a whole topic. In fact, I'm glad you brought it up because I think men are often easily discouraged. I, in fact, just recently I was working with a uh, a dad who is separated from the kid's mother. They were never married, uh, but they share children, and he's now married to a, a woman who's a stepmother to his kids. And one of the issues is, you know, his children, and I've heard this, his early preteen kids and mid-teen kids are starting to say, you know, dad, I don't know if I want to come over this weekend. I think I'd rather stay here at mom's. And his attitude I've seen in other men, it's the, well, if they don't want to come, I don't want to make them. And I looked him in the eye and I said, I kind of smiled and I said, so that's, you don't have any more value than that. 
And then I said, so if they don't want to eat their vegetables, are you okay with that? And if they say, Dad, I don't want to do my homework, you're okay. okay you don't have to do it. No, no, no. You're going to insist they do what they need to do. Insist on your time with your kids. Even if they come begrudgingly, they're dragging their feet, they got the bad teenage attitude, it's okay. Get them there. Spend time with them. It is engaging where we have an opportunity to rub off, to show influence, to get to know, to talk through whatever that little dragging their feet is about. But when you just say, yeah, it's okay, you don't have to come, you're not doing them a favor. Mm. You're cutting yourself out of their life, and that's not good. And I would imagine, too, there's a tiny little thing inside them to be fought for would be, you know, I mean, even if they're thinking, I'm opting for the easier option, just easier not. I might see my friends, blah, blah. But then they've got a parent who's like, no, we're going to be together. I mean, that that's sort of they're fighting for them. I mean, that would do something, I think, in the soul, you know. Absolutely. Kids want to know that you care enough to want to be with them, to spend time with them, Mm. especially when they're dragging their feet. Indeed. Talking to Ron Deal of Family Life about single dads, we appreciate you so much and want so much to change this conversation so you're not made to feel like you're always the one on the wrong end of the deal, like you're always the one who's at complete fault. We want the church to come around you. We want to let you know that God's with you, and we want to have this conversation, more great conversation with Ron Deal in just a moment. you having a great day. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Susie Larson. This is Of The Promise, having a really great conversation with our friend Ron Deal from Family Life, really kind of giving a shout out to single dads. And so often they get the the short end of the stick, so to speak. We're just talking about ways that we can encourage single dads and just know that there are just wrong assumptions we often make about single dads. Ron's just giving some practical help here. And uh, this listener, Ron, writes in and says, thanks for having the heart to talk about single dads. Some of us dads didn't want a family to break up, and we still fight to be a dad to our children. The world gives us a bad name, and the moms are being brainwashed by their friends that we are bad. My wife left after 21 years of marriage, and I tried for three years to reconcile, but she has no interest. Every day seems to get worse to co-parent because she feels like she's the victim and doesn't uh, think that she has to follow the parenting plan, and it causes hard times because I stand up for my rights to have them. I'll always be there for my kids, and they come to me when they need something because they know I'm a rock for them in this. Thanks again for caring for single dads who want to be a dad. I've been using Ron's resources to learn more, so thanks for having him on the air today. Blessings. Uh, I want to speak to that at all, Ron. Yeah, um, I do. Well, what a great comment. I'm glad this guy is fighting for time with his kids, and that, you know that's what we want to encourage um, it's interesting, two thirds of divorces are initiated by women. I think that wow. phenomenon. Say that again, Ron. Sorry. Yeah. Two thirds of divorces are initiated by women. And when I say initiated, what I mean is they're the ones who go to the file, the paperwork and, and start the illegal, uh, process. Um, I, I we call them walkaway wives. And I think the phenomenon there that it adds to this notion that the husband was the bad guy. See, when that gets out into the community, well, she's leaving him. Why? Why is she leaving him? Because of X, Y, and Z about him. Oh, so he's not a good dad. She needs to keep those kids because you don't know what he's capable. And and the rhetoric flows out of that. If you listen to this man's testimony, he that's what he did. His wife left. 
right? And she feels like a victim, and she's hurt and angry, and there's a whole marital history there that is now bleeding into how she thinks about his role as a father to her kids. It is a wise, wise person who can look past the marital hurt and say, but my kids need a dad. Uh, That's a wise mom who recognizes that he has something to offer the children. She has something. It's not a competition. It's about letting children learn and grow from the masculine influence that that God has built into fathers. Uh, there's just certain things that w- we exude that that our wives don't, that the moms don't. And, and not that they can't, but, you know, you just can't be both mom and dad. There's a benefit to both of those people being involved. And uh, I, I just think we ought to keep that conversation, that part of the conversation alive within the church, within our circles, within our communities. Support single dads like we want to support single moms. Indeed. Well, I posted the question on Facebook. Just help me with some show prep. If you're a single dad, tell me what it's like. And this uh, guy says, as a single dad, there's a real struggle between working to provide for your child and the balance of spending quality time with them. The trade-off either way is tough. It's really tough sometimes. Uh, This one says, the joys outweigh my struggles, but babysitters are struggled because I trust no one with my princess. Dating is hard because females tend to latch onto the child to get you, but all in all, life goes well. And this one Mm -hmm. says, uh, uh, let's see here, I'm a 67-year-old widower, three grown kids, polio survivor, stroke survivor. The Lord kept me busy through the church. And then he went on to talk about just the community, from what I understand, helped him along um, you know, maybe this is for another conversation, another day, Ron. Um, I know you feel this way. You know, look at anybody who's been married any length of time. We could take a chapter or two out of our marriage and go, if I talk to the wrong friends about that particular time and friends who are, don't have a fear of God, they might say, he's all bad. <laughs> you should get out of there. Yeah. And and people who've endured those hard times and come out, they're so much richer on this, on this side. And that to me is what's so heartbreaking that there are really viable marriages that end that could survive and even thrive if they would hang in during some of those tough times. I just read some new research that followed a group of people that had really considered and given thought to divorce, even people who were serious thinkers about divorce, not just they called them soft thinkers, like where they were just wondering about it, but people who were really giving thought to it. And uh, and then followed that group over time and came back. And, and of the ones who said, you know, I'm not thinking about divorce anymore, 90% of them were glad they weren't and uh, were feeling optimistic about their marriage. It, it's, it is – we all face challenges and difficulties. My wife and I certainly have been married 31 years, and we've had external stressors and we've had internal stressors. That was far more about us than anything else. And we press through, we seek counsel, we've gotten mentoring from folks that we trust. You know, we all face that no matter where you are in life. And if you're a single parent right now listening and you're going, man, I wish I could have had something back then. Yep, that, that that's a regret that unfortunately is there. But the question becomes, how do I live in godliness today? What What is it that I need? And, you know, that was one of my tips for single dads coming into this phone call was, Find community. Be with other people. You know, women band together. Single moms get together. Men don't do that, right? Men just find another woman. Yeah, <laughs> Women boy, ask for help. Wow. W- women ask for help and a mentor, and they mentor each other. Men don't do that naturally, right? Mm. But 
you know, that's why men have to be proactive and think about that. Look for that. Find somebody. Maybe get two or three folks together that are fathers. Some of them may be other single dads, some of them not single dads, but hang out with some guys and help each other. Uh, that's, that's important. That's fantastic because that would be a band of brothers and it would be satisfying something that you absolutely need that you're probably not going to find in a woman. But I also would love to see churches do this idea, this adventure retreat idea that you're talking about um, and pay for it for these single dads, mm-hmm. you know, like sponsor it and just say, you know, how many single dads really are, do you have in your church? If you if you have 20, I'm, I don't know how you would do it, but do it <laughs> and get these yeah. guys out where they're rock climbing and canoeing or whitewater rafting and uh, have some speaker like Ron Deal come in and encourage them. <laughs> I mean, really, though, what that would do for them to meet other guys in the boat with them and encourage them. I, I just I want this conversation to not go away, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we all need community. I don't care what season of life you're in, stage, age of kids, married, not married. We need community. That's what the way God gave us the church. It, you know, people who say, well, I can worship God online by watching church. That's not church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's not church. You're not allowing yourself to influence other people and be influenced by other people. That's a function of being with others. And, you know, I, it, that's just something that the churches should corporately try to create on behalf of the members of their church. And individuals should seek it out. Mm. Well, as I'm listening to you and then just pondering my conversations with some of these, these gentlemen that have walked through this stuff, my, my thoughts are, you know, one, cultivate a deep relationship with the Lord. Two, as you said, get a community, a band of, of godly brothers. Three would be to sort through your losses, I would think, because you're, you have to grieve, I'm sure. I mean, no matter what, you have to grieve. Anything else you would add to that as far as just points of action? Yeah, uh, be a man, not a mom. <laughs> you don't have to take on the qualities of a mother if you're a single dad. You don't have to feel the weight of that pressure. Oh, I've got to be nurturing. I've got to all of a sudden be, you know, uh, huggy, kissy. No, no, it's okay. Be who you are. You're you're a masculine individual, but bring that masculinity to your kids in the in the in the sense of warmth and tenderness and love and but let you pour out of you. I, I, I just don't know how else to say that other than to say your kids need that from you. They need to get on the floor and rough and tumble with dad. They need to get on your shoulders and be held up to the sky because that dad can do that sort of thing. They need to go on adventures because you enjoy adventures. It's okay to be uniquely you. Don't feel the pressure to try to be like a mom. Hmm. Well, Ron, I appreciate so much all that you do for the family. Uh, you are just a a modern-day hero, you really are. And I'm wondering, as we wrap here, if you would pray for the different single dads listening today who uh, just need to find their place. Would you pray? It would be an honor, yeah. Lord God, um, we all have challenges in our lives, no matter what kind of family situation we're in. We're mindful today of the single dads who are giving it their all, who are trying their best, and they're trying to cover all the bases, right? They've got to work. They've got to come home and provide a house and a home and, and a, 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 you know, cook and shop. And they've got to be tender when they're supposed to be tender. And they got to help little girls know how to put on a dress and mm-hmm. all the challenges that come. And they may not feel up to the task. God, would you confirm and affirm that they are enough, that because of your spirit, that because of what you're doing 
in them and through them and through others in the life of their children that they're enough, uh, that, that you're with them and they're not alone. Um, keep them involved. If they've been disconnected from a child and they're listening today, would you challenge them to re-engage? Would they come back? Would they make an effort? And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But God, would you help to restore those broken relationships? Thank you for men and the role that you have given us as fathers. I just pray, God, that you would be with all the who are listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Ron, thank you again for your time. We sure appreciate it. Glad to be with you. Always love our conversations. Well, you've been listening to Live the Promise. I'm Susie Larson. In just a bit, you'll find a podcast of today's program on our website at myfaithradio.com. And remember this. The Lord wants you to last long and finish strong. He is the one who will keep you strong to the end. Have a great day.